Here we go. I am Pastor Deborah. I, you learn to say all that stuff when you watch all the teaching stuff, just in case you don't know who I am. Whether you're here in person or online or you're watching the YouTube later, we are glad you're here in worship, worshiping with us together. We are still in Easter, so thank you, praise team. Thank you for reminding us that he is risen. He is risen indeed. As we prepare to look at today's passage and theme, will you pray with me this prayer of illumination? God of light, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. And all God's children say, Amen. Today's scripture passage comes from John 14, verses 23 through 29. As you hear or read today's passage, I want you to consider three questions. What captures your attention during the passage? What words or phrases stand out to you? Where do you want to dig in deeper? Here we go. Jesus answered, whoever loves me will keep my word. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word that you hear isn't mine. It is the word of the father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you, I'm going away and returning to you. If you love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe the word of life. Thanks be to God. Amen. With the passage fresh on our minds, hear the questions again. What captures your attention as you read or heard today's passage? What words or phrases stood out to you? And where would you want to dig deeper? You might want to take a moment to write a few things down that are fresh in your thoughts from the passage. If you're online, you might want to write something in the comments, and then I'll look at them later and respond later. Again, I'm not the kind of pastor that can watch online and do it at the same time. There are talented pastors out there that actually do that. So watch them sometime and comment while they're preaching and see if they comment back to you. You don't need to answer all three questions. Answer the one that speaks the loudest at the moment. What can happen 
When we take the time to reflect in depth on a passage and allow the words and phrases to soak in, maybe we'll come away with a fresh and new understanding. Or maybe we'll connect to God in a different way. Or maybe, not that anyone has these, so lift up your feet. (laughs) Maybe our preconceived ideas and prejudices will be challenged and turned upside down and inside out. Whatever happens when we allow ourselves time with the holy, Rarely are we not changed in some way or another from the encounter. It might be a subtle change, one that we don't notice immediately. As a way of explanation, I started kayaking again last week. I grabbed Charlie's kayak, asked him to blow it up for me as a blow-up kayak. I threw it in his truck, got the paddle and the life jacket, and headed over to Chester Frost. I got in and I started paddling. And then every now and then I would stop. And if the wind blew, there'd be a subtle change in my direction. Well, a few times I got tired of paddling. For those who don't know, I had frozen shoulders for three years at one time, and I couldn't even raise my arms. It was fun. Took three years after physical therapy to be able to do this, and I'm pretty good now. But I still got tired paddling when you've not paddled in a long time. So I would just sit there in a little kayak, and the wind would blow me. And then one time I noticed I was facing the shore again. Subtle change. It's amazing how a subtle change can change our direction. What stands out to me in this passage are the two themes, probably not surprising, of love and peace. And speaking of love, an overused word, but true, I love the rocks. Thanks, Denise. Awesome. Now, if the passage wasn't obvious enough, hopefully the sermon title did kind of love and peace. Jesus lets us know if we love him, we will keep his word. And if we do that, Jesus' father will love us and will come to us, and Jesus and the Father will make their home with us. Jesus shares the word that he has shared is not his own, but it's the Father's word who sent him. Okay, all that's fine and good, but question, what word of Jesus are we to keep? These are the questions I ask when I read scripture. 
again, you may not have these questions. You're like, I could be already eating brunch right now. I already know all this stuff. What, what are we doing here? I ask these questions. So what did Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Love. Love God. Love others. As we love ourselves. How many leave that last one now? Just, yeah, you don't have to. Some are. That's probably the hardest part. But if we don't start with that one, love ourselves, it's going to be really hard to love God and love others. It's there. It's part of it. We can look it up. I'm not quoting it. Go find it. It's in the Gospels. But that's Jesus' word to us. Everything's boiled down into that one. To love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Remember all the laws and prophets boiled down into those two. Truthfully, you can go get the Ten Commandments and they'll fall into one or the other. It's been done before. Try it. If you want another assignment, go for it. They fit there. Have you ever wondered how we're to love Jesus? Or does it just come naturally? You're like, no, I love Jesus. There's songs about it. You know, the 7-Eleven songs where you repeat over and over again, I love Jesus, love Jesus. Okay. But... Jesus isn't tangible to us. I meant to bring a little Jesus. I forgot little Jesus today. It would have been a great day to have Jesus in the sanctuary with us. Jesus is with us, but you know what I mean for those who sing little, little Jesus. Jesus isn't tangible to us, but Jesus was tangible to them. When he said those words in their presence, they got it. They were there with him. They knew him. They had traveled with him. They had studied with him. They had relationship with him. It made sense to them. In the flesh. And they could compare that to God. But Jesus knew he wouldn't always be in the flesh with people. And that's why he's sharing that with them. And we can take that. These words of peace and love. He's asking them to carry into the future, into the unknown. And as they carry it into the future and the unknown, we can learn from that. And we can carry it into the future and the unknown. Wherever we are in our faith journey, there are things we might need to unlearn. To relearn, to allow ourselves to focus on the companion that Jesus mentions here, on the Holy Spirit that's here to teach us. We no longer have Jesus in the flesh, but we have the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit in the nudges in our Sunday school class today, led by, I'm going to turn all the way back around this way, led by Kathy today. And that's one of the things Jesus is teaching here. The Holy Spirit is with us to teach us. He says, Jesus says that he's going to be gone physically, but the Holy Spirit will remain with us. 
will be present to teach, to guide, to remind. No show of hands, but how many people need reminders? Okay, again, no show of hands. A few weeks ago, I went up the street to visit a sweet family for a few moments. I knew them before I came into St. Elmo in community, and they have a toddler. The toddler would not remember me from her baby days, of course, and was a bit shy at first, but then kept asking me, which house do you live in? Which house is yours? And didn't understand that I didn't live in a house, but I served a church down the street, and didn't understand that I had walked, because it was, which car is yours? So we went with that for a while, and she got less and less shy. When it was time for me to leave, she gave me all these hugs, and then she met me at the fence and gave me fence kisses, as she calls them. That little one offered me so much love and hospitality. I met Jesus in the flesh through her. She may not have known that. And by the way, her parents offer the hospitality and love of Jesus all the time too. But somehow, I don't know if this is your experience or not, I experience it so much more often in little kids. The love of Jesus. It just flows. It bubbles out of them. They haven't learn some things that we've learned as adults. So they don't have to unlearn as much as we do. We have more to unlearn than little kids do. Because they haven't been as scarred or as wounded and they don't have as many walls put up. Again, they don't have as much to unlearn. They simply love. I hope you've experienced what I've experienced with some kids or even adults. We can get that way because who told us to be like the little children? There's one name, two syllables, starts with a J and an S. <laughs> Jesus. We're called to be like the little children. That's another word that Jesus shares. Kids simply love. That's the love of Jesus. That's the love we're all supposed to live and have. I use the word supposed. Apologies. Jesus doesn't want us to live out of shoulds and supposed to. It'll come freely. Even when Jesus had scars and wounds, his love is pure. He offered it freely. And he wants to engage with us where we are, no matter what is going on in our lives. As we are, Jesus cares. Jesus loves us. Now, Jesus may not be with us physically, but we have the Holy Spirit, the companion, the advocate, whatever word you want to look up to go with the Holy Spirit. To guide us, to teach us, to help us learn, unlearn, whatever it is. So as you reflect on today's passage, 
Where do you find yourself? Do you want the love and peace that Jesus offers? If we are thirsty for the presence of God, for the relationship, for the love, for the growth, we will seek it out. God, creator, divine, mystery, great spirit, whatever word you use. Psalm 42 is a psalm that offers us a taste of what thirsting for God's presence is like. Verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. If that's not familiar, that I'm using the English Standard Version. You may know better, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Skip a few verses down to verse 7. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. These are just three of the 11 verses of Psalm 42. I invite you to reflect on the entire psalm at some point and in various versions, again, BibleGateway.com, to see how it might speak to you, how it might quench your thirst for the living God, for the Christ who offers love and peace. As we make time apart for God in our day, in our week, what fruit are we seeing in our relationships as we love God, as we love others, as we love ourselves? What peace comes from being in the presence of the one who created us and knows us best? With all the turmoil going on in the world around us, it's there, right? Every day, pick something new. I mean, I almost thought, well, let me just list everything that's going on, but I don't think I need to. You watch the news. We all know there's stuff going on. We know that. But it's not just in the world around us. You might want to lift your feet again. The world's inside us. There's turmoil inside us, if we're honest. Okay, I, I can't lift mine. I have not standing on it. Where's the stool? If I had a stool, I could lift my feet so the Holy Spirit doesn't stomp on mine. Whew. Because of all that turmoil, we need the love and peace that Jesus offers us. I don't know if you notice, but rarely do I say you. Often more than never, I say we. I need it too. 
Sometimes what we need is to stop, be still, and listen. Matthew 6, 6 from the message is a great help. When we're restless, again, speaking here, when I'm restless or needing peace, Matthew 6, 6 from the message, hear this. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense God's grace. I invite each of us to try out Matthew 6, 6, at least once this week. See how finding a quiet, secluded place allows us to begin to sense God's grace, love, and peace, and how that begins to transform us from the inside out. As we close, I want to share words by Reverend Steve Garnis Holmes. I quote him a lot, I know. He lives up in Massachusetts. I really respect him. He shared a writing on peace based on today's scripture. Hear these words. I give to you a heart of serenity, the grace to be undisturbed even as chaos surrounds. I give to you a heart of harmony that you may be forgiving, knowing you are forgiven. I give to you a heart of hope, confident in the grace that moves unseen and vast. I give to you a heart of acceptance to be present with what is, even if it is not what shall be. I give to you a heart of wholeness that you may know you belong and that all within you be healed. I give to you a heart of gentleness to live graciously with all, even those who are not at peace. I give to you a heart of love, to know that you are my beloved and be at peace with all. My peace I give to you, the peace of the crucified and risen one. Peace be with you and all God's children said, Amen. 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 Let us continue with our worship.